0: this podcast is dedicated to the proposition that every christian should be a constant and devoted reader of the bible and that the primary business of the church and its ministry is to lead foster and encourage people in this life-changing habit okay so
1: we're jumping in to uh luke still in chapters 13 through 18 i think we're kind of getting in the home stretch of all of this section here um I know we had a good conversation last week kind of a stripped back group last week this week we got a full house we yeah. got dave with us ben with us lenny johnny and mark DeRay. yeah he's Woo-hoo! here um, so uh mark was uh one of uh he used to hang out with us a lot decided to come grace us with his presence today so um so Thanks we're gonna for me. yeah glad to have you man so uh, so we're gonna jump right in here see if anything has stood out to you um, like I said we, I think we were chatting in 17 uh, last week uh, Luke 17 um, and uh, I, I don't know how far we'll get today but let's let's open it up anything stand out to you guys as you've been reading it this past week yeah
0: question yeah go ahead how, how often should we pray all the time you never Always. stop just at meal times. Mm-hmm. Just
1: a meal time. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. When I you're not Christians talking,
2: you should be mentally in your mind praying to God. At all Christians always time. pray over, I, like, I'm the serious. big meals,
3: right? Thanksgiving. <laughs> but do you pray over the snacks? When you open up your bag of pretzels at work, <laughs> right. man. do you say
0: grace? Well, I, I appreciate pray those. Pray over the Snickers bar. <laughs> I, I, God, <laughs> I, yeah. make
1: this not kill me. <laughs> like,
0: Please bless this Snickers <laughs> and make it nourishing to time my time body. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, do you even bother praying when you go to McDonald's? I <laughs> It's like, God, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Spare my life. When i, if I, if I deserve this. For those for those listeners, you for
0: forgiveness. I'm sorry. For those I'm, bar- I'm sorry. To our podcast. This. this is why I like asking questions. The answers like this, and and everybody uh, having a good time with it. But I'm not going to take any of those answers. And and they were all good. They're humorous, uh, and and people were making light of it a little bit. But the question is, how often we should pray? Uh, I I go right to the source on that, and I know that everybody in this room, uh, in this podcast, does the same thing, and hopefully anybody listening does. So I'm going to start off with chapter 18, which is subtitled The Parable of the Persistent Widow. And and we can get the answer to the question right away, right from the source, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that, and here it is. They should always pray and never give up. There's the answer to my question. I already had the answer. I, I knew what Jesus said about this. And, and, and as we've been reading Luke, one thing that we find out about Jesus Christ is he always prayed. Whenever there was a difficult situation or not, he always prayed. And he encouraged his disciples to pray. And as he says here in verse 1, chapter 18, he's going to show them that they should always pray and never give up so we get this story about uh, the persistent widow and i won't read the whole thing but she keeps coming to this judge coming to him to uh asking him to adjudicate to settle a dispute that she might have and uh, a little background this would not have been a jewish judge Because in order to settle disputes back then, if it was a Jewish person going to other Jews, there were always three: one chosen by the, you know, the plaintiff, one by the claimant, and then a a a middle person, just like we do today in arbitration. So this, there you go. This would have probably been a judge uh, appointed by the Romans or even by Herod. Uh, and, and therefore he was paid, and he was obviously very arrogant, because he, he said that he was a judge that didn't fear God, and he didn't care about people. <laughs> it was a pretty interesting type guy, so yeah. they were notorious. I did a little reading on these judges, and very notorious, and if you didn't pay them, if you didn't bribe them, you would never get your case settled, and and this was the case here. The woman that's going here, she is poor, and she represents everybody that's poor today and back then, everybody that's marginalized. And she just kept going back and back to him. So she had something that Jesus requires us to have in prayer and in our in leading our lives faithfully. Persistence. And that is, thank you, Ben. And there's the answer. <laughs> that's it. Persistence. This woman had persistence and-
1: or, or a better word is importunity which is shameless boldness persistence to the point of annoyance
2: mm. so mm-hmm. it's
1: that's persistence but to the next level it's like it's like not only am I persistent I'm gonna do this until and that's what because that's what he says here he says but this woman is driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like to it, the it, point of there, annoyance. There's
0: a great word for everybody, and so I, and I'll wrap this up and then see what comments anyone else may have. The The woman with her importunity, uh, she just drove this guy crazy to where he, he ended up settling settling her claim. And Jesus isn't p- uh, comparing God to this judge. He's actually contrasting God to this judge. If this judge did that, imagine what God would do if we pray. Uh, One thing we need to remember, though, is God doesn't answer all our prayers. He doesn't answer them, certainly, in our time. He answers them in his time, and this is always where people get stuck on this. And and, in verse 8, after Jesus asked the question, what do you think God will do? He says, I tell you, uh, he will, he meaning God, will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns... How many will he find on earth who have faith? Jesus, as I said, is contrasting God, uh, you know, to this unjust person. So uh, we, we pray. How many times do we pray and expect, oh, yeah, we're going to get answered our prayer right. God, Lord, I need this, or Lord, I need this, or Lord, let me win the hot dog eating contest. I don't know, whatever it might be. Then he doesn't answer it. No, we have to keep in mind the most powerful prayer, or when we say prayers, the most powerful thing that we could say is to end our prayers with, your will be done. Yeah, mm, and, and, and praying I'll, in Jesus' name. I'll stop name. right there for a moment.
3: Yeah, I would just chime in with, um, that really spoke to me, the of the Bible verse in 1 Thessalonians. It's uh, chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. I'm just going to read it quickly. Rejoice always. 17, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I didn't think it's so profound that as you're mentioning the power of prayer and how we're supposed to do, you know, to the point where we're almost like pestering God, like, God, I really need to change here. I need, like, mm-hmm. unrelenting prayer, right? And so it made me think of that First Thessalonians. And when I'm, when I'm looking at um, First Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It immediately makes me think of Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. And I love um, Matthew chapter 7, but, and I'm just going to read this to you guys as well. So bear with me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, right? So what's the will of the Father for us? It just said it right there in First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Okay. And so how do we pray, right? It says to enter God's courts with thanksgiving and praise. Mm-hmm. So when you start your prayer, you should say, you know, thank you, God, for all you're doing and all you've done, or however you want to thank him right? Acknowledge God being holy. And then you make your request known. And it says before we even ask, God knows what we're going to ask for. But he still encourages us to ask out loud, right? And, And when we pray, we should do it alone in private, unless we pray together in a fellowship, right? So he says, when you go and pray to your father who is in secret, go to your room and close the door and do it there in secret, right? So there is sort of a biblical formula for prayer. He also says, my house will be a house of prayer, right? So when we are gathered in the assembly, or in the church or congregation whatever you want to call it we can lift up our prayers together and i, th- I think that's more powerful in a lot of ways right because you're sharing each other's burdens you're hearing people mm-hmm. like really cry out to god for help right yeah and that they have that s- that support system there mm-hmm. so all these things line up and you'll never see the bible contradict the bible right it'll always have an, uh, a concordance or or it'll accord to itself and that's what we're seeing in first thessalonians five sixteen through 18 so mm-hmm.
1: yeah well you know it's interesting because um, <clears throat> a lot of times, when we talk about prayer, people have this idea that, well, like if I pray about it once, then then it's in God's hands at that point, and so I don't need to ever talk about it again, right? It's like because God already knows, and then and then we can even mm. take that to a further level of, well, if God already knows what I need, then why do I even I have to pray, pray anyway. for yeah. it at all? And and here this this verse um, just goes, you know, kind of. I wouldn't say contrary to, to that, but I mean, it kind of does. It says, you know, Hey, no, God wants that importunity, wants that persistence, you know, as it says also in, in, uh, James 5, 16, um, about the, the prayer of a righteous person mm-hmm. or, uh, and mm-hmm. I think it's, um, in the King James, I believe it is it says the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much, which is, you know, that effectual, that fervent, prayer that passionate um bringing these things to god and in this case of this uh widow um being bold being you know persistent going to god saying hey god you know i I'm, i want you to move on my, my behalf and god is not annoyed and put off by that he he encourages that right i mean he wants us to
0: Yeah, All we have to do is, I mean, there's so many places in the Bible, especially the New Testament here, and specifically Luke, where, as I said before, uh, we're encouraged to pray. Jesus is always praying. If we read the Psalms and the beautiful prayers in there from David and others, um, it's just gorgeous. And, And I go back and read those. And, you know when I'm in distress, or when I just I just need to talk to God, and 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 maybe you know I use my own words, but I go back and read some of the Psalms, and it just sets me off. It's just they're they're so beautiful, beautiful prayers I call them. So it's oh it's all it's all about praying, and and it and it's good to pray together, but we we can't do this by saying hey Ben you say prayers for me. I I don't I don't believe in that. We we cannot. Uh, we cannot discharge our duty to God by proxy. We can't do that. We, we have to pray ourselves. Everybody has to pray. Praying together is wonderful, but we all have to pray to God, and we have to remember, and again, you mention it in as you're reading there, uh, I think it was Thessalonians, that it is God's will be done. It said it in a different way, but it's still God, your will be done. Jesus said that all the time. Your will be done, even when he was asking if you would let this pa- uh, pass this cup from me, what did he say? He said, but your will be done. You know, if, if, if this is what's supposed to be, your will be done. And we have to remember that. Yeah. It should
4: also be like a relationship yeah, exactly. too. I mean, if you're just reading God's word and not abiding by it and not doing God's word and just listening to it, then like, I know that I've often become spiritually obese because what I'm receiving, I'm not applying it to my life right away. Mm-hmm. So when I'm praying and I'm asking God to be steadfast in His Word, through His Word, then, like, I get to see it really come to life Excellent. in my life. And then when I'm in a, a, a hard circumstance, I could stand on God's Word as opposed to cry out then when something is hitting the fan really hard. And then, like, what about the pursuit in between? That's where the joy comes in. And then it prepares us for things that, that happen and that we go through in this world. I mean, we can even learn from the judge here in verse 6. It says that, uh, then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a, a, re, uh, yeah, a justice decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give you justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? doesn't it just say during the day. doesn't it just say at night, which means we can put Effort towards his relationships with, with God. I mean, our earthly relationships often fail us all the time. Yeah. all the time. And wouldn't we want to put effort into a relationship that wouldn't?
3: Yeah. I think the key word there is relationship, right? People say like, you know, it's about having a personal relationship with Jesus. Right. So it's like, what does that look like? Well, what do your other relationships look like? Do you have a best friend? Do you have a coworker? Do you have a boss? Do you have a, a husband or a wife? Do you have children? Like you talk to them, don't you? Yeah. So prayer doesn't always have to be like treating God, like he's a genie in a lamp or a vending machine. Like I need this. I need that. He definitely knows what you need and he provides those things. Right. But You can just talk to God sometimes just to talk to him, just to like, let him know what's going on in your life or, 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 or even just say, you know, like, this is something I'll often do. I just say, you want to go for a hike with me? And he always responds with a resounding yes. You know, he's the best dad ever. Jesus is the best King ever, right? Of course they want to go on a hike with me. And then I I ask sometimes for them to teach me something. And then other times I just want to have intimacy or alone time with God. And that's where like, I have major growth in my faith. And I have major growth in my trust and it makes me pray even more boldly. Mm-hmm. It's like we tend to put God into a box and we tend to see God as only this like distant thing that we can't see because he's immaterial. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, yeah, God's all powerful, but he wouldn't answer this prayer, so I won't even bother. Mm-hmm. Or, or it's like, could God really do that? And this is the same God that prepared a fish for Jonah, right? To swallow him up for three days. This is the same God that, that, that raised Jesus from the dead, right? Or, or had Samson defeat, what, a thousand warriors with the jawbone of a donkey? This is the one who the vapor from his breath formed the plate. Like, how big is God in our mind that I can come to him for even the littlest things?
2: He's toppled kingdoms that people thought would never fail. He's taken shepherd boys and made them into kings.
3: Exactly, Ben. Exactly. Yeah. So so the relationship part that, I, that I'm stressing that, that um, Pastor Lenny brought up, is so important that we don't just make him like a vending machine, but we actually spend alone time, just the way you would with like your best friend.
1: Yeah, so what does it mean to pray without ceasing, right? Like, what does that mean? Because I mean, for the most part, the idea that we have of prayer is, Heavenly Father, we come to you, blah, 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 you know, whatever, or our Father would start to have, you know, saying saying a, a, a prayer like that, or coming up with a prayer. What does it mean to pray without ceasing? Like, how do you pray without ceasing? The
2: Lord is always with you. And these people who walk around you. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just talking to myself. No, stop talking to yourself. Talk to God who is right there with you. You can say the same stuff. You can say the same stuff. Like, oh, that's cool. Or that really ticked me off. Or I'm cleaning my language up here. But, you know. (laughs) Thank you, Ben. (laughs) Appreciate that. Well, there's also this whole thing of people think that God is a five-year-old child. If you're pissed off... Oh, let me calm down before before I pray. No, pray now. Right. Pray while you're pissed off. Right. Use your colorful language. He mm-hmm. you don't want to hear it, but you know what? He will he'll listen to it. Yeah. That's you what know? the psalms are. Yeah. It's just like it's you know, it's talk to God like He's your friend. And you know what? He will be.
4: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I love yeah. that, Dave. You mentioned like reading psalms in and certain times where, you know, it's tough. You're having a hard time or it's just you just need to see how Dave, like David, through his lens, how he would pray. And I mean, there's one verse, I think it's uh, Psalms five or or in the 20s, where he sa- he says to God, like, do not let my words fall on deaf ears, because then I'll be like those who have fallen into the pit of despair. Yes. When you've fallen into a pit, you can't be hurt anymore, right? So he's now that I'm alive, God, please answer me, right? So it's, it's an honest prayer, it's real, right? Uh, like don't like I don't know if I can entirely agree with the profanity because here's the thing David is literally like saying, do not let my words fall on deaf ears like those who have fallen into a pit. I feel like and and times of when he was alive, that would be like mm. cussing. Because he's like, Come on, yeah. God, like hear me. What what the heck? Like like those who have already are they're they're astray, they're dead. You don't hear them anymore. Like you're talking about death here. And I think like, that's like the number one fear that we all carry. We don't, all, we don't want to die. We're not immortal, but we don't belong here. And Dave
3: is, is teaching us that we can pray to a God that's going to bring us into eternity. Praying without ceasing could just be being grateful. You know, could just through the course of the day, you realize you have a blessing or there's something that you're happy about. And it's just being like, thank you for this and realizing that every good gift comes from heaven, comes from God, right? Rather than just, you know, when we're in our valleys or our low points or when we're getting into trouble all those things are very different you're like you're crying out to god like david in the psalms because you're in trouble it's like lord help me lord say hear hear my plea hear my cry but you can also like be on the mountaintop you could be like in a a season of victory in your life where you're just like thank you thank thank you for this food thank you for this promotion at work thank you that things are going well in my marriage like thank you thank you thank you gratitude is so powerful and the
2: people remember to do that when you when the good times do roll in do they walk around and say wow thank you, Lord, that I actually have food on the table, and thank you for this nice, comfortable home, and thank you for the car. No. They go and say, oh, I gotta get going so I can get to work so I can pay for all this.
3: Yeah, the, the ability to pray without ceasing, though, is a gift unto itself, right? Because if prayer was only confined to like the temple or the synagogue or or the church or whatever, it that, that wouldn't be sufficient, and God's grace is sufficient, right? And, and what I mean by that is, like, think about the things that you lose by following Jesus. Like you'll lose some of your friends that you grew up with or, or people that you're close. You might even lose family members, right? You certainly lose social status because people look at you like you got two heads when you tell them you believe in an invisible man up in the sky. At least that's the way they look at it, right? And so you can be ostracized. The Bible says in Timothy that we will be persecuted for our faith. Jesus says, die to yourself daily, like, you know, man up or woman up and like take up your cross and, and live for me sell everything you own give the all the proceeds to the poor and then follow me is what he says right mm-hmm. so we lose so many things right they're like oh i lost this i lost that you know i'm losing 10% of my income to tithing whatever it may be there, there, but what do you gain is the point i'm making yeah. Yeah. Well, what do made, you gain you that get that made an
0: interesting point in saying that and because I, I i know i do it i try not to you know throughout my life you know it's decreased where you know, you pray when you're in need, and we've talked about this before, and then, as Ben said, you know, and then when everything is okay, you know, you, you you forget all about that, and it may well. You think the story
2: about uh, I forget who, which one of us, whether you or Johnny, were talking about where they had a friend who. They had cancer, or they yes. thought they had cancer. That yeah. was yours, yeah. 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 And
0: then all of a sudden, the test comes back uh, negative, and they're like, "Oh, don't yeah. worry, I never had it, anyways." The man, he knows her. But but what you what, what Ben said made me think of you know about being ungrateful, and I wasn't here last week, so I'm sure you folks talked about it. Is the the ten lepers, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Because that was uh, where was that that's a uh, it was back a. I don't know. It's in Luke here somewhere, right? You, you you would have talked about those ten lepers, and, and I mean, one of them, 10, only ten percent of the people you help. Are ever yeah, and, thank and, you. yeah, and yeah, right. So nine of them were they ungrateful? I mean, that's Luke
3: seventeen eleven.
0: Seventeen eleven. The okay, ten so okay, here it is. Yeah. So he heals ten lepers, and in nine of them. They, they they're gone. They're they're um they're ungrateful. So ask ourselves, as Ben is saying it again, that's what made me think of it when you said that, okay. Am I ungrateful, you know, you know, to God, you know, for the things and when things happen good, okay, I'm all set, you know, everything is going along fine, but all of a sudden I'm in trouble. And, you know, now I pray to God and then only to forget him again. So that's something about praying all the time. Do you have to be saying prayers 24 hours a day? No, but to have God, to be conscious of God all the time, not just when when you're in trouble, that we only call on God when we're in need and then forget him. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the Psalms, Lenny, 103. I had referenced that in my book next to the lepers here. I was there last week, but... uh, Again, a Psalm of David, 103, 1 and 2. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. And then this line, verse 2, I, I highlighted in my book. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Again, he says it. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Mm-hmm. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Again, it, you know, I looked that up after I had read about the lepers. And I said, okay. They forgot about the good things that God did for for them other than the one who I think was a Samaritan, if I recall, in, in a what, way. What, what's, you
2: know, the, what's the old saying? What have you done for me lately?
0: Oh, what, what, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, what have you done for me yeah. lately? But it's but, a good thing
1: we've never forgotten the good things God
3: yeah, yeah, because we're all perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, this goes back to the yeah. whole thing of like prayer without ceasing being a gift from God, right? Like before what I was saying was it's like you lose so many things sometimes in your life that to follow Christ. But what you gain is the ability to have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe yeah. Yeah. who controls the clockwork of everything that you can just be like, Hi, yep. I need I need a favor. Hi, I need some help. Hi, I can't do this alone without you. Hi, can I partner with you today? Like that's a that's an amazing miracle unto itself that we can even Come enter into the the courts of God with all the horrible, rotten, wretched things we've all done, like. I've had
4: a lot of highs we and lows. Do even appreciate prayer? That's what yeah, I'm I've saying. I've had a, a lot of highs and lows in the last couple of years, like mm-hmm. absolute lows, absolute highs. But I'll tell you, one thing that's remained constant has been God. Like that's the one thing that hasn't changed. If anything has, just only like renewed everything over and over and over again.
0: You know, in. in it makes me think of, again, when you, you guys say something, the, it just things tick off in my mind here, and you had said, you know, we just, not to go to God, and and maybe you said it too, Johnny, just when we need something, but just to talk. Just talk as a friend, as you said, when you go on a hike or something. So I've been doing that more and more over the last 10 years, where, where I didn't before, it was always, you know, I need this I need this or I want this mm-hmm. and it's a- every morning when I come in so and I'm just thinking about it I'm just talking to God I'm not asking him for anything I'm not asking for anything I'm just saying thank you for this beautiful day every time I I look at I go I'm looking at the trees I'm driving from just you know Woodbury to Thomas about a 15-minute ride and I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking at the trees I'm looking at the weather I'm, th- I'm commenting I'm I'm and I and I realize when I get to my office I'm just I'm just talking to God I'm not asking him for anything, I'm just talking and, and thanking him for all the things that I see around me and the fact that I'm alive and able to enjoy it, cognizant, uh, have mm-hmm. some kind of uh, being that I can enjoy that. And it's and it's so refreshing. Have you ever
1: been ignored before?
0: Yeah. Ignored, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like,
1: like you, know, you go to a yeah. restaurant yeah. or you go to a store for something. Feels bad. Yeah, and, and it, what's the worst is when like, I've had this before, like you go somewhere and you see like people like, like the employees like talking to each other and you're standing there like, hello, I'm standing right here. And they're just like ignoring you. And it's like, at some point, it's like your, your, your temperature is rising. You're like, okay, hello,
2: Uh,
1: I'm here. And and like, I've actually had people sometimes be like, just give us a minute. And I'm like, okay, hold on. It's like, (laughs) like, no, no, I'm the customer. (laughs) You work for me. It's like, you put your little... Conversation on the side and yeah. listen to me. Right, God is always with us. And so, how often is He like that customer in the store that we're ignoring, just mm-hmm. having our conversations, living our lives, mm-hmm. and He's like, "Hello, I'm right hey. here. Yeah. I'm right here. You gonna include me? Yeah. <laughs> are, are you gonna have a conversation with me? And I think that the, the whole prayer without ceasing thing begins simply with an awareness of God's presence. Yeah. It's like, are you aware that God is here? Are you aware that a customer's in your store? Are you aware somebody's sitting in your restaurant and they're hungry and they want something to eat? You know, are you aware that God is here with us right now or are you just oblivious? Are we ignoring God? And I think that's the opposite of praying without ceasing is ignoring the almighty God who's with you right now.
2: I've had situations where I've been like, yeah, sitting around waiting for either service somewhere or whatever and... I will literally wait until they give me their full attention and just say, Oh, now you're paying attention to me. I'm going elsewhere. Wow, you're sassy, Ben.
4: <laughs> and, pa- and patient. <laughs> oh, I'm spending that time oh, patiently waiting to see you <laughs> And
2: I'm going somewhere else yeah. to hopefully be waited. <laughs> I hate it when that happens and it's the only place that has yeah, the thing. You, I you I walk need. out <laughs> and you come back in. Well, on thought. I
0: actually, I, I had to go to a different location, oh, but I did right. Same <laughs> restaurant, different location, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Before you do one of those, you got to think about, okay, do um, I really... Yeah. Like, where's the
3: closest one of these? I'll say it goes back to the whole premise of, like, store up your treasures in heaven. Yeah. We get so focused on, like, our 401k or our pension or, or maybe we have gym goals or, you know, who knows what it is, our toys, our, our boats, our houses, whatever. Those things, moth... And rust and thieves can break in and steal, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in heaven, none of those things happen, right? So we will look back from eternity being saved by what, you know, the work of the cross and what God and Jesus did. We will look back from eternity at this life as nothing but like a wisp of smoke where God reached his eternal hand in there and drew us out. And we'll laugh about the things that we thought were important because they're meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. They're all in vain. They're all vanity, right? Yeah. And, but we don't think like that unless we're staying kingdom minded, right? Right.
0: Well, you you bring up that that phrase again, and we've we've heard it and read it several times. Treasures in heaven, and not to jump ahead too, but just the next, you know, write it in the same chapter, the rich man, starting in verse eighteen. But I'm not going to read that, that. Just go down to um, uh, verse twenty-two. After uh, after the man replies to him that I've obeyed all the commandments since I was young, when Jesus heard his answer. This is verse 22. He said, there is still one thing you haven't done. And this is what you said, John. Sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and here it is. And Jesus says, and you will have treasure in heaven. There it is again. Then come, follow me. Mm-hmm. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. That mm-hmm. sums up so much to me. I highlight just so to that. You will have treasure in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then the guy becomes very sad because he's rich. And I'm thinking about that. Why? I was reading some kind of treatise on that. Why can't we just give up everything? Why can't? And I'm I'm reading it over and over. When I go home to my study, I'm saying, okay, why can't I do that?
2: what, What if everybody didn't give up everything?
0: I don't know, Ben. What if? Yeah.
2: Well, it goes
3: back to the what we gain from it. Like you, you may give up friendships or relationships because you follow Christ or whatever. You may give up 10% of your income. Who knows what it's going to be, but what do you gain? You get the ability to have, you know how the presidential, like he's got the red phone, you know what I mean? In the movies or whatever. It's like you get the red phone to God. That's just one of countless gifts in eternity that we're given by giving something up for God. So yeah. while we think that, you know, he's so rich and he's got all this stuff to lose. It's like, again, it's nothing compared to what you gain in Christ, Right. There's so much more. I mean, your salvation, your sanctification, fellowship with fe- like other believers, the ability to be empowered supernaturally and get gifts of the spirit and have the fruit of the spirit. Would you trade all the money in the world for how about just peace? Mm. And isn't peace one of the fruits of the spirit? How about gentleness? How about joy? We were, you, you just gave a sermon on joy. And that's one of the fruits of the spirit. Would you trade all the money that you think you're going to get joy from? Would you trade that all for real joy in Christ? How about love? <clears throat> How many people are looking for love in all the wrong places, Mm -hmm. looking for someone to complete them, Mm -hmm. right? And God offers that to you freely. Mm -hmm. And so he says, so get rid of your money. It's only going to create problems.
0: The question Ben asked, you know, what if we all gave it up? It goes back to that verse I just read, 23. But when the man heard this, Jesus telling him to give up everything, when the man heard this, he became very sad because he was rich. And it just makes me think of, well, people back then and even today and what we're all talking, what you guys are talking (coughs) about here— uh, the tendency of, um, of having things of possessions. We all have possessions, right? Things that we like. It, um, unfortunately, and that's why I like what you said about giving up everything, Ben, if we all did. unfortunately, the possessions we have, they bind us, they shackle us to earth, to this world. And that's the problem.
3: This world that's well, passing away, the Bible this says? This
0: world that's passing away, exactly. They, they, shackle, not, they shackle us, our thoughts, our mind, everything to this world. If you tell me that it doesn't do that to you, I, I'd question you if, if you have possessions. I, I know me, I'm thinking, okay, why do I keep thinking about that? I don't need to. And I get away from it for a while. But ultimately, you go back to it. You say your possessions make you feel like the rich man here, what? Comfortable? you want to be you want to be surrounded by your possessions because you feel good about that and therefore then your thoughts, everything about you become shackled to this world, which as you say, Johnny, yeah, this is not going to be here anymore. I'm trying to think beyond that and and, and and act beyond that. not just think beyond that that I want my treasures to be stored in heaven.
1: And, and the interesting thing about this too is that it's so easy for us to kind of blow by these verses because they are like well i'm not rich where the reality of it is is probably all of us have more possessions than this rich young ruler we're all did. rich you know mm-hmm. it's like we we live in an environment and in a culture where we are probably richer than this guy ever could even imagine exactly. being rich. rich when you think of the luxuries that we That's experience and take yep. advantage first of, world country you know yeah. and, and all this stuff and it's like so so it's easy to be like oh well you know yeah well I, i'm not in the same boat as as him and it's like well what if what if he Jesus told us to sell everything we had and give yeah. it to the poor yeah like would we walk away also
3: well let's keep like, I mean on. I mean
1: I mean think about it. Th- sell your house your cars your bed <laughs> you know your you know cash in your 401ks do all this and give it to the poor and then come follow me like if he said that to us would we do it I mean yeah obviously, the the right answer is oh yeah of course I would do it but like would we really do it like are we really going to like start go go home and like start snapping pictures and putting stuff on eBay like i don't know i mean that's heavy that's a great question
2: here's here's a question though is like if if Jesus in the flesh came up to you and asked you this question would you even know who was talking to you
3: well, a lot of people didn't right and in the
1: bible the guy asks christ yeah. how he can attain that. Right. Yeah. So he knew he was the so rabbi. If yeah. you think about yeah. the he gifts that we have it. today, they're, today, in the world. they're yeah. all gifts from God, so yeah. he wouldn't ask us to give them up unless we were, oh. I guess, asking him.
2: Right. God. But also, what are you doing with your gifts? Like, if he went and he said, okay, Dave, I want you to give up everything you have, you would say, well, how about my employees? These are people who. The point like, is you're generosity, food under. right?
3: Because obviously yeah. you, he so says you still lack you know, like, one thing, and what he was lacking was generosity because he yeah. was being greedy, right? So yeah. again, generosity, I believe, is one of the fruits of the spirit, right? Exactly. If you have a generous, charitable heart. But I want to keep reading from. You started in uh, Luke 18: uh, 22, but I'm going to go down to 24 and I'm going to read out to 30. And Jesus took notice of him, how difficult it is for those who possess wealth to enter into the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. So those who heard this said, and who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And Peter said, behold, we have left all that is ours and followed you. And he said to them, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children on account of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. So again, it's what we're gaining by following Christ, not what we're losing. So for focusing on the things that we are, quote unquote, sacrificing for God, you're missing the point. Even in the story of Job in the Old Testament, right? What do you see? God allows him to go through all this trial by fire. But what happens in the end? Everyone thinks Job is such like a horrific story, but the ending is the most beautiful, happy ending. I'm not going to ruin it for you if you haven't, uh, haven't read Job, but make sure you, you fight your way through all the, all the complaining and you get right to the end because it's a story of restoration and redemption, and that's exactly what Jesus specializes in, right, is restoration and redemption. Well, it's, it's like what, what Mark was saying, right, because you were basically saying, hey, if
1: God gave you all this stuff and then he tells you to give it away, it's like if he's the provider...
3: He's going to give it back. right or more is what he's literally saying and, many and times. that's what he's saying right there too
1: you know it's like it's like so what what's the deal it's like obviously this guy had an idea that who he was talking to right like he he knew it wasn't like some just random rabbi he's like you're talking to the the, the messiah you're the talking living to the son god, god. <laughs> and he says to give it up i mean yeah, yeah. He it might be good to listen. for a reason
0: yeah it's just the the thing here the question for me is and i just pose it in front of the group here is um for this rich man and for any of us, because we're all richer, and even if we weren't, who's your real God? Mm. Who, who's your real God? Because for the rich man, as I read this story, for the rich man, his God was his own comfort. He, he, didn't, he didn't really want God. He wanted to see if he could, you know, people have asked Jesus, as we've been just reading in Luke, you know, they try to get around it. Okay, what, what do I have to do? But when it comes down to it, are they willing to give up what is their God, meaning their possessions? What do they, what did, what did this rich man really worship? I think he worshiped his own possessions and his wealth. That's what he did. That's why it made him so sad. Here he is talking to the Messiah. He gets to say, I followed everything. I did all those things, Lord. I did all that. I honored my father and mother. I didn't testify falsely. He, I didn't commit murder. Okay, now do one more thing. Give up everything you have and come follow me. And he thinks, wow, wait a minute. Think about that question yourselves. Give up everything. Who just said it? If, if somebody came in right now, Judah, whoever said it, and, and it's Jesus, and he says, give it up, what would we do? So let's think about it right now, just like this rich man was thinking, all the things that have, and, and how are we going to react? Are we going to react like him and say, nope. I, 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 can't, I can't do that. I, I got this. I got that. I got That's my God, then. That's what I'm worshiping. If I can, as Mark said, just give it up because, again, we talked about this. We're just stewards. This is passing. It's ephemeral. It will disappear. We will be dead. When is that day? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It could be today, Mm -hmm. gone. We won't have time to prepare anymore. What are we doing to prepare? Who are we worshiping? Who is our God?
3: Mm -hmm. Well, that's my challenge to the listener. To you, the listener, is give up something today or this week, for God and watch what happens. Give up something extra for God and see
4: what happens. And I would hope like in reverence to God. I mean, when you think about the Pharisee, he was praying, I thank God that I am not like the other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers, tax collector. And the tax collector could even lift up his head because of his reverence and shame. So when we're giving, when we're praying, we shouldn't be saying like, well, God, I've been practicing good. Right for the last week I did give it up so I'm waiting. No, you shouldn't be. You should be doing those things because it's our duty. Because like that's that's why that's the calling.
0: Well, the the Pharisee you're talking about. You know, if this 18 is incredible, right? We've been on this. There's so many stories in here. The the parable of Pharisee and tax collector. That's in. In uh, again, we're still in 18, chapter 18, verse nine for anybody listening. And in all that, all the. Uh, all all that Pharisee was doing was what extolling his own virtues. He was basically given a testimonial to God about himself. (laughs) He was given a testimony about himself to God. I'm this Pharisee and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm, we talked about this worst sin of all, which is pride. Pride. Yeah. Thank you. Pride. And that's what this guy, there's no humility there. On the other hand, the tax collector he he didn't even want to look up to heaven. Mm-hmm. He's he's he he is so ashamed that he's a tax collector and, and that he's a sinner. Humility. Yeah. In 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 the the one verse I had looked up this verse. Uh, it's part of let's see, part of a uh, thirteen. I guess he says in it he's beating his chest. This is the. Uh, the tax collector, he's beating his chest and he says, oh God, now my book says, oh God, be merciful to me mm-hmm. for I am a sinner. But if you look in other translations of the original language, it, what it says is not A, it's, he, the, he is saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am the sinner. I am the sinner, like mm-hmm. I'm the major, I, it's me, I'm the yeah, one. It, it, right, sa- right. it says right. the sinner, is yeah, the, you know, capital letters, the That's sinner. Yeah. And this is how humble this tax collector is.
3: Read, read yes,
0: yeah. I, I, I tell you, 14, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted.
1: Well, you know, let's, uh, let's land the plane here um, with a common theme that we talk about a lot right which is uh which is pride and humility and and i i propose that you cannot be grateful and proud at the same time hmm. because hmm. to be grateful requires some humility to say thank you you did something for me that i could not do on my own right uh whereas hmm. whereas pride says yeah, you gave that to me, but I deserved it, or I did this on my own, right? And so so this attitude of gratitude, and we see that with the, with the publican there, and we see that all throughout this, is that we're coming with humility and that we're praying, we're being aware of God's presence, we're praying without ceasing. But anyhow, that being said, um, yeah, I think Johnny's challenge is good. Give up something. Yeah. I think also, you know, spend some time being aware of God's presence, you know, praying, but not necessarily with words, you know. Um, I, similar to what Johnny said earlier, I've done things before where I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to go out to eat and spend the time with God as I would go out with a friend, you know, or whatever else, or go for a hike in the woods or, you know, go for, you know, a trip or go for a drive or whatever and just be aware of God's presence. We don't have to like come up with a soliloquy every time we talk to uh, God. So anyhow, that being said, let's wrap up here. We'll continue next week um, in these same chapters and uh, and we'll see what stands out to us then. So. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.